0: You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin.
1: The
2: Taiwanese American Arts Council and the Yale Chat Together Group have collaborated on the NYC ArtBridge program. Several of the artists in residence at the Taiwanese American Art Council's house on Governor's Island, Building 7B, which has affectionately come to be called the Taiwan House, have participated in the NYC ArtFridge program and created artwork for it. In this episode, I will be speaking to Lucia Meho-Ali, the Executive Director of the Taiwanese American Arts Council, Dr. Eunice Yuan, Founder and Director of Chat Together, Assistant Professor of Psychiatry at Yale School of Medicine and Yale Child Study Center, and Lulu Meng, one of the artists-in-residence at the Taiwan House who participated in the NYC ArtBridge program? We previously had Dr. Eunice Hyun on Talking Taiwan in episode 93 to talk about chat together.
1: So, chat, chat together. So, like, um, so C H A T, um, compassionate home, action together. So, the action, it, uh, it means acting. So we combine acting drama vignette as a way to promote emotional wellness, especially for Asian American community. And we collaborate with a group called uh, Stanford Chi Pao. So it has a long name, but we we started collaborating with them. Chi Pao stands for communication, health, interactive for parents of adolescents and others. So they are based at Stanford University. So we both use drama vignette as an educational tool to promote wellness in Asian parents and children. We are a group of students, clinicians, psychiatrists, and colleagues who are very compassionate to help our Asian American population. We know that um, it is very difficult for Asians to talk about mental health as we all know and you know as I mentioned a lot of like stigma shame and not to mention like to talk within your household your family or even talk about um in in the public um in in the context of you know a lot of cross-cultural conflict and communication talking about mental health could be even harder so our mission of a group is really to use simple story narrative a skit to translate challenging mental health issues into our everyday conversation. So really a way to break the stigma of mental health.
2: I started off by speaking with Lucia about the concept behind NYC Artbridge. And here's what she had to say.
3: I started to plan this uh, somatic exhibition. It just start from uh, three years ago when the pandemic has started. I know the... The Chat Together, the Dr. Yunis Yen founded um, an organization called Chat Together. It's promoting uh, some type of the uh, arts. more focus on theater combined with the practice to help the mental health. So we talk to each other to see if we can bridge in this art with their mental professional practice. So this is how we work together to start this concept. But uh, from my research for a long time, I understand that arts can be at us in some way to contribute more to the society and the community. Therefore, this NFC Art Bridge, in some way, is a cross-disciplinary project spanning the culture and generation. And also promote the emotional wellness in the community through the emphasis for on the multi-ethnic generation families. So we are collaborating with the mental health professional since then. And the project actually started from last year that, uh, from, uh,
2: QCC R gallery tuning. Dr. Yinus Yuan explained the connection between Chat Together and NYC Artbridge.
4: So kind of continue from our last episode as an introduction for Chat Together. I think that is totally related, uh, with New York City Artbridge. Now to, we call Chat Together, uh, our acronym stand for Compassionate Home Action Together. We have established since 2019, uh, which is a digital mental health program using really a variety of art expression, different art form to bridge mental health and arts, and particularly geared toward AAPI family. And in the past, we have been using mostly utilized interactive theater to introduce a conflictual dialogue across cross-cultural or cross-generational conflict uh, within the AAPI family. Uh, especially for first generation immigrant family with the second generation of, uh, children, uh, so-called Asian American, uh, generation. And in addition to theater, we also have people who use graphic medicine, illustration, using them as a tools to discuss youth mental health. And, and so this is like New York City Opera just really an extension from chat together. We, we, um, thinking about how do we build a community outreach? In the past, we have partnered with many community grassroots organizations, such as school, educator, churches, or community center. And here, this time around, with New York City Opera, we, we cross talk with community AAPI artists, um, kind of like you know partnering with uh, for with artists. Also, like uh, as a community art exhibition. And as another innovative way to uh, share mental health to the community. So, so far, we have uh, two community art bridge events. Uh, one, I believe that was in September. One, um, the other one was a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. One at Queens Community New, um, College. Another one at Governor Island. Uh, so, Chat together have partnered together with TAAC. And we created this initiative, New York City Art Bridge, about one year ago. Really share the similar vision that like community wellness really matters, especially during pandemic and even more so during the time of post pandemic era when mental health really across the ages are still the pressing concern in the U.S. So we have pulled, um, two big public art exhibition together at, um, a- inside the exhibition. We also have chat together workshop. Uh, one, as I mentioned, one in C- uh, Queens Community College and another one at Governor Island. So we have chat together, um, in-person workshop using theater to, to live perform the skits of how child and parent communication and engage the audience in person as, as one of the theater, uh, um, outreach. Another one, uh, involved having artists to share their artwork, which is related to the theme of how, um, mental health can interface with the family relationship, the cultural identity, and also the immigrant story. And some of them also share some of the identity, some of the emotional wellness or mental health, how that kind of blend into the artwork. So I am there kind of like a liaison translator person and how that artwork, I'm not an artist myself. Like, I'm like, I'm kind of viewer viewing the artwork and how to translate that piece into mental health or emotional wellness for the public. So it's like a little bit um, um cross discipline work together for the common theme that uh, address the mental health and emotional wellness for the public. As Dr. Yuan mentioned, there have been two NYC
2: Artbridge events. The first was held on April 29th at the Queens Community College and the second was held at the Taiwan House on September 16th. Lucia further explained what happened at the two events. In the September
3: 16th workshop It's a little bit different with the uh, QCC Art Gallery in April. This um, time, we prepare the uh, uh, PowerPoint projection and that the artists individually, uh, one by one, to step on the uh, platform to face in the public to talk about their artwork and connect it to their own expressions and then also the backgrounds. So then in QCC, more we'll like to introduce a chat together and artists uh, talk in that section are uh, more like uh, that the um, exhibition tour. So artists walk into the artwork and uh, talk about the artwork, uh, how to appreciate the work. But, uh, and also the, the role play parts are more like a uh, screen reading. But these, mm-hmm. in the 16, we arrange a way to that artist to talk about their artwork directly. And the, the medical doctor responds and chat with them. How is their work? And uh, what's the connections of that? And the public listen to that. So it's quite successful.
4: Mm-hmm. The, always,
3: uh, our bridge it's, it is important to note <laughs> that it's not just about creating art, but also about the promoting mental wellness and the provide support to those in need. So during the, the presentation in the 16th, September 16th, Dr. Yuan also provides some resources about those who need any help. So this program supports in, um, in type of the uh, environment for the artists and individuals. Not only about to express themselves and discuss their mental health concern and more openly, the participants raising their questions and talking provocative step toward mental awareness mm-hmm. so to us that uh, we are the kind of like a new step to cross in a different uh, field. And by also bring the artists into help to the society connect. Connect not only about express themselves, but connect to to the other on a deeper level. According to
2: Lucia, there are three parts to the NYC Art Bridge program. The first part was an art exhibit that featured over 20 different artists.
3: So their media include a painting. Or print or photography sculptures and mixed media installation or oh, also the video projections uh, even into some type of line or a drama style into a role play. We have two artists into the parts and then this section, the artists they use their own media mm-hmm. and then they might uh, express their Family history ex- and uh, self-experience and uh, also the immigrant story or facing the, the society about the racial discrimination and then also that some type the, of the internal trauma through the outside society that push pushed to them. And some of this might refer to the parenting conflicts when they grew up. Or some type of facing the challenge of the cultural identity. So this is uh, about the, the art exhibition that section. We also involved into uh, the second series of workshop, artist talk, role playing, and the conversation with uh, medical professions. We have the medical health professionals conduct by the Dr. Yunisian, and by creating a network that also include various our professions and individuals, also be families or community people. So, in through this uh, second section activity to the public, the third series, the third part of the NYC outreach. Are very important is artist interview. This interview, we arrange, uh, different artists to be interviewed by mental health professionals. So this that artist, and I'm very frankly and very privately talk to the health professionals and to discuss their own family's experience or some other issue that I just mentioned. All these talks are confidential and um, the mental health provision they set up the questions according to the background of the individual artists. So then they ask some questions and then all these interview material will be analysis and published in a paper so that Artists will contribute to form a database for the analysis and the heads to be integrated with the other Chat Together
2: initiative. Here's what Dr. Yuan had to say about the interviews being conducted
4: with artists as a part of NYC ArtBridge. So this is one of the projects that Chat Together team have worked with the artists as well. So um artists, including those who identify as AAPI, and later on, we also expand our, our artist group that including uh, many of the Governor Island participant artists as well. So the goal is like uh, this artist interview is to really understand from artist perspective about their own family upbringing, the immigrant story, their own cultural identity and emotional wellness and how that may channel to become an element in the creative artwork and as the arts bridge suggests we want to bridge artistic work to children and family mental health and, and many of the artwork really have many significant meaning to connect with the viewers or audience and allow so-called like you know um when we are the viewer at, at the exit we have this cathartic experience when we view it allow us to Kind of call cool out or reflect our own internal feelings that, um, that connect to through the art piece and kind of like really connect our own individual feelings, our own um, uh, emotional emotions or family relation from our own. So that become like a, almost like a therapeutic experience for the public. And so, but oftentimes when we walk into um, an art museum, we may not realize that, but I am here kind of like be the person to kind of translate some of that experience through the artwork so I think um, that that is one of the reason here and also like I learned so much by talking to the artists to learn about a work that's so creative so imaginative and that really um, with the hope we can shed some light to feel to develop future art-based therapy for for children for family especially art is such a powerful medium Um they can talk Without without words, it really is its own language that allow like children who may even have their the word to describe themselves, or even for um you know for even for grown up for community who may not feel comfortable to talk about mental health, like which is also the whole idea of chat together. Why we use theater? As a medium, it's really because they destigmatize the topic that make make people feel comfortable to share this and to provide the language for us to kind of articulate our feelings on mental health.
2: I asked Dr. Yuan about the correct term to describe chat together, because it's not exactly drama therapy. It's a bit theatrical
4: yeah, that's something we are in uh, in development as well. That's something I present will present at ACAP. Actually, um it almost like a multi faceted multiple uh, therapeutic approach that we are using in chat together. They are a component of drama therapy, the component of psychodynamic psychotherapy and also CBT uh, cognitive behavior therapy There is a combine of many which is very interesting when you when you see a movie or when you're um uh, reading even a story. We can really project our internal feelings onto something, onto the movie, onto the book, and relate to the character inside the movie without directly talking about ourselves. And that experience, it really has a concept of psychodynamic psychotherapy, meaning sometimes we have our fear or a difficult feeling we are not really realizing it. It's even sometimes it's in our unconscious day. By that theater experience, it really can project some of this unbearable, unconscious feeling into something that we can see. We become more de- less defensive to, to articulate about it, and we are talking about a character in the in the skit that we can we can talk, we can share, we can talk about with our family. So I think that is like what I refer to, what art is so powerful, it can indirectly extract some of this unbearable feeling into something bearable and discuss and process in a safe environment. So I think it is so amazing in in that art-based therapy. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess this is such a
2: innovative feel that there is even hard to find the label for it. But yeah, it really strikes me that it creates like a safe space for people or maybe a frame of reference to feel okay to talk about it, right? Chat Together and NYC Artbridge will be presented at ACAP, the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry on October 25th.
4: Yes, that's very exciting. Thank you for bringing that up, especially. It is two weeks from now yeah. as we're making this podcast. Uh, so we will be presenting at the end last week of October, October 25th. And the entire meeting actually will be at New York City starting October 23rd for the entire week until October 27th. And so uh, for our field of child adolescent psychiatry, it is one of the biggest celebration of the year that we all the whole, um, uh, U.S. and even international child adolescent psychiatrists, including faculty, clinician, trainee, and medical student would join. And this year will be at New York City. And so we will be presenting chat together work we have, um, two hour symposium that composed of three individual presentation that are connected. The topic of this, uh, clinical perspective called Healing Post-Pandemic cho- uh, Children's and Family Mental Health Novel Initiative Convergence of Clinical Chat Together Intervention with Community Art Bridge. So the first part of the presentation will be about Chat Together, that how we expand from a community program into a clinical intervention. And we will be utilizing uh, theater as an interactive Intervention that I talk about that composed of psychodynamic psychotherapy, drama therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, we implement it into clinical program and we have case report. We are running patient that who have uh, tried this intervention and have like data and showing that this is a successful intervention implemented at Yale Child Study Center and a School of Medicine and that's one of the presentation. The second presentation will be about the New York City Art Bridge. So we will present what this program about, what we have been doing in the past year. And also more excitingly, we invited eight individual artists who is part of the New York City Art Bridge who will be presenting their own artwork. I will be moderating as a uh, psychiatrist to bring up translating the mental health piece from there. And the last piece of presentation will be about our Chat Together member who have interviewed the artists. We actually have a total of ten artists interview who we have like really great, fabulous experience to learn from them, to understand the family stories, the growing up story, understand the cultural development, some of the entire childhood experience and the um now become a parents of their own and how that experience can channel into the creation of the artwork. So we will be presenting some of the data there. So that'll be very exciting, very phenomenal. And also during the same exact time we will have a Governor Island. The art exhibition will still keep on going during this period of time. So that become like a joint celebration with the New York City. One of the things you'll notice when visiting the Tower House
2: is the eye-catching graphic novel images displayed on the walls. They are part of the NYC Artbridge exhibit at the house.
4: Oh, the graphic novel, yes. There are a few pieces. Actually, a few pieces are uh, uh, created by a few of our Chat Together members. Uh, one is the graphic novel describing the concept of mentalization. So I mentioned that from our last episode. It's actually a really important tool for how a uh, child and parent communicate using a really curiosity and without judgment mindset to understand and listen to each other's shoes. And that concept we we illustrate. That instead of like giving you a jargon of what the definition is, a member expressed that as the novel, using a comic to describe how a child and mother to illustrate this concept, how they communicate using this mentalization skill. And so like in other words, like using a medium as art, people can understand using a late language and late illustration to help express something about mental health in this case. Another piece of work was done by one of our member, Elaine Lang Shin, who's currently a psychiatry resident from Northwestern University. And her work is using illustration to demonstrate many concepts of how racism against AAPI individual can cause biological impact. And that could be affecting our, our body, different organ system, from stress response system to DNA, and that can pass to our next generation. But this kind of knowledge it may be a mouthful for my academic person to mm-hmm. say but that how to illustrate a simple concept using a small illustration cartoon and video and help the public to understand this concept so that's uh, that's another piece that from us um, another piece a storytelling using a graphic novel actually a collaboration by three individuals one individual her name is grace who published this piece on uh, new york times many years ago about her own story on um, depression and how that has been communicated with the family and eventually the entire family have changed and accepting uh, receiving and, and uh, mental health and all of that i'll try member using graphic novel to capture the entire story is such a beautiful story called uh, Healing the Whole Family. It's actually, we published this work in a paper. We also um, have a whole series of graphic novel to talk about things like that. We turned to become like an intervention to help a page in the waiting room and use that as a medium for family to talk about their own uh, mental health journey and helping parents how to support their own child. So that is very interesting and meaningful in a way to describe mental health and use the tools as art. Uh, express a graphic novel to illustrate that piece. Yeah,
2: that makes it so accessible. When I saw the pieces there, it's just very eye-catching and inviting, you know, to see this because it, you just feel it's like a comic or something, right? Lucia and Eunice both reflected on what they felt was the significance of NYC art bridge. So I say this
3: NYC art bridge is... Not only about merely an exhibition. Maybe many people thought it's some type of the art therapy. But uh, I would like to emphasize that it's not follow only the surface of art therapy. But general people thought. But uh, we are um, mm-hmm. delve into the artist's mindset and expression through their work. So this artistic experience over empathetic perspective of the world challenges. So we are more specific descriptions and the visual image from the artists into their presentations. So there will be, you can see when, um, when they talk on um, more, not rather than general statements or just a comment on the particular artwork or group artwork, but instead of they talk about themselves and highlighting the personal journey and their life experiences of uh, each artist. So their experiences from the artistic creation will become very important to contribute to this NYC art bridge.
4: I want to add in though from the New York City art bridge mm-hmm. like sometimes it is such a humbling experience because I feel artists and psychiatrists sometimes we work similarly. Mm-hmm. We are doing, we are managing, we're working at the same target, mm-hmm. which is like um, we are all talking about mental health or emotional wellness in many ways. Mm-hmm. I, I see that like there are artists talking about climate change. Mm-hmm. I, I see yes. artists talking about uh, emotion in children and that, that our, our expression is really similar. And our work and our goal is really to connect to our audience and help audience to also have a reflection after viewing that piece. And so I see that we have, there's so many common um, goals that that mental health provider and artists we are working similar thing. And so like I hope that this work can kind of really shed light to the future. That we should work together because we're not working in a silo. We should be working with people with different discipline and kind of make the feel even more enriched and meaningful and reach to more public who can understand, especially we talk about mental health and such a stigmatized topic. We can, uh, using multiple different medium to allow public to understand it. And I think that is, that is such a great collaboration. I really appreciate this opportunity.
2: Yeah. Next, I spoke to Lulu Meng one of the artists-in-residence at the Town House on Governor's Island, who also participated in NYC ArtBridge. You have such an interesting background. Can you start by telling me about how you got into the path of being an artist? Because I know that you said that you were previously a chemical engineer. So how did you make that switch? When I was a kid, I was always really interested in craft.
0: Like I drew and also I make like handcrafts since Mm -hmm. I remember. But then like once we go to school and also even I was also still doing some kind of crap when I was in school, like from like, but then I was also really into like scientific subjects like math, chemistry and, and also physics. Mm -hmm. And in Taiwan, it's like we choose our major really early. Like I went to a gifted program so my major was focusing science since I was uh, 13, 12, 13. So I really enjoyed studying science and so it's almost like natural that I went all the way high school and, and university eventually. I went into the chemical engineering department in the university in Taiwan and I think I love science and i really like the rationality and also you learn things and also it's also really philosophical this is how i see life and my understanding of life has a lot to do with my study in science but then once i enter university i think that's a different thing because once i started to study so seriously in science chemical engineering and i saw my seniors and who are like uh, even like a master or a phd degree i see how their life was. And I realized as I, like, I love science, but then I don't want to have them as my career. It's, it's different. It's like something I love and something I would do as for, for living. I just, I couldn't, I really couldn't imagine. So I made a decision. I switched to a different department in the same university. At the time, my earlier education, I wasn't even thinking about being an artist. So I, I wasn't like art school wasn't in, even an option for me, like, so, oh, I, I'll go to art school. And in Taiwan, mm-hmm. art school mm-hmm. and also basically my university, it didn't have a, um art department. There's no art school okay. in my university. So then I wasn't thinking I'm going to transfer to a different school for art. Yeah. So I stayed within the same university and I chose to switch to uh, the major to something related which is like drama and theater so my major became like drama and theater and then my focus was uh, costume design but then like I did that and then it's, I thought it was like closer right because it's, I design it's something creative and relate to art
2: mm-hmm.
0: so I did that and I graduated I worked with my professor designer and all that but something still not quite right it just like design is very different like Making art that that what I'm doing now. So eventually I realized, I think it was I like, basically there was a shifting point. That was like, I always remember when I was about to turn 30 and I, I already had a space stable job. I was doing pretty good, but somehow I didn't, I didn't feel motivated at all. Like I was a incorporated, but I wasn't really trying to get promoted and nothing. I just, okay, I do my job and I, I did what I did. So uh, that was a time when I was about to stand 30 and suddenly I almost had a panic attack. What am I doing? Like I wasn't motivated. I was just like going, like going through motion and doing what I supposed to do. Um, I didn't feel particularly happy. And then I didn't have a purpose. I knew that I'm good with my hands and I can make things. And, but I wasn't doing any of that. So then I just made the decision of like, I knew if I stay in Taiwan, there was a too great of inference as I might fall back and because it was easy, that was comfortable for me to fall back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I decided to just like, I was just going to a completely different environment and um, to start anew. So I quit everything there. And yeah, and then I came here. I first went to Rochester to study uh, Photography and video. The, there's also I something I said I was I always did something related to art like a handcraft. Mm-hmm. I also started to do photography since I was I in high school around 15. So oh, we have a uh, really a lot of like uh, portfolio, photo portfolio. So then yeah, that's all how it came about.
2: And now it's time for a short break. Talking Taiwan is an independent and listener-supported podcast and our two-person team is committed to producing meaningful content for you. We just started publishing our interviews on YouTube so that more people can discover us, and we've already heard from our listeners that it's easier for them to watch and listen to Talking Taiwan on YouTube. We could always use additional support as we continue to make improvements like this. In fact, any donations that you make right now will be doubled as a part of our matching donor campaign. We are so close to our goal, To make a contribution to Talking Taiwan, you can go find us on GoFundMe.com or visit our website at talkingtaiwan forward slash support. Now, back to our episode. Can you talk a little bit about your bringing in Taiwan? What was your childhood like and how did your parents react when you decided that you wanted to have this change in your career? Um... I.
0: That's very. Uh, I. I laugh because it's a very. It's very loving and interesting experience for me. So I came from a really loving and open-minded family, and my my family is a full of educators. Is that my parents, my my auntie, my grandparents? They were all teachers. Oh. So it was like, in my family, somehow that environment is like, it's really the like learning and questioning, they were really encouraged. And that's why I had a lot of freedom in terms of like, I could do what I wanted to do since I was young, like I could stay out late as long as I keep them informed. And then I I tell them, but basically, if I'm responsible for my action, and they will most likely agree whatever that I wanted to do as long as I'm not hurting anybody else. Oh. Um, so that's always like, that's always my understanding. I can do what I want to do as long as I am responsible and then for my action. And also, I'm also like hurting other people. So then, uh, that's that. And also like something about this open-mindedness is I think my family also really give me a lot of fundamental belief a lot about a lot of things. Say, for example, my father, he's a really devout Buddhist. But then I remember, she he would bring my grandma, who's a Catholic, to a Catholic church mm. to receive communion during mm. Christmas. And my mom is a Taoist. And then my grandpa, he's a uh, atheist. Oh, and also like in my like grandparents and my my grand, mm. it's basically in the house with my childhood like house. There was a glass cardboard, and then in that glass cardboard, they were like us. They photo of like statues of different gods, goddesses and also even like Confucius statues, Wow, so it's just like that brings me this. this like, is like I really believe that I have a really fundamental belief about like with love, people can really um embrace and accept the differences of like one another. And also my family as they are totally really supportive to my decision as well, as mm-hmm. long as they are reasonable. Like, it, this is all about. And say say when I was I like, in junior high in high school, my mm-hmm. my father actually supported me to stood up for like the unreasonable teacher. So that was really rare in Taiwan because yeah. usually parents would just say, like, okay, you should listen to the teacher, and right? Like, right? And just mm-hmm. like don't you should just be a good, good student. Yeah. But then I would just tell my parents I was like this is the reason why I don't agree with the teacher, and mm-hmm. then then yeah, this is that, and they. They were actually supporting me.
2: Right, because they listen to your reasoning and they Mm -hmm. can see your position and that it has makes sense. Exactly. So that's also how my understanding is
0: like, um, you know, like people have authority doesn't mean they always right. But then I was also super rebellious and (laughs) I had a really bad temper when I was younger. Okay. Um, so I think my parents they're really like saints. Um they have so much love for me. Um I think if, if, if I don't have them, if I didn't have them as my parents, I might have been on a really wrong path. This is a family experience that I have also really influenced how I see the world and my art practice. And eventually, like, say, you asked me how my parents re- respond to my change, switch of career. Of course, they were shocked and then they, they were worried that they still worry because I, you know, the idea was struggling artists and then all that. But then, They are really understanding as they always are. And they try to be supportive in their way. So I did a family photo. It's one of the photo, my artwork that I, it's always, I sound, it's a reminder for me. And I hold it really dear because uh, it's a family photo with my parents and with them standing in front of my family shrine. And I was naked. I it crawling as a fetus pose in front of my parents and my family was in front of the family shine. And they agree to do that with me. Like I was naked running around in the house and taking a trying to take that photo and it was really posed and wow. I have a, another friend helping me to like push the button and checking the frame and lighting and, and so I think that it's always a reminder for me of like this is their way of uh supporting me. Like they might not say a lot and I might say oh, so I really understand what you're doing. They are not verbal in that way. But they are really just uh supportive in in this way. I remember when I asked them to do this photo with me, they they was like silenced. Nobody <laughs> said anything. it was just like I'm going to be naked, the yeah, then you are doing this. Um <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 <laughs> Like, my mom, mom was, the response was like, Oh, I need to see if I could find the wedding gown because I asked her to be dressed in her wedding gown.
2: Like, that, that was her way of saying yes. I, I'm so grateful that I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause it could be more of a struggle. I wanted to talk about your participation in the NYC Project exhibit at Governor's Island House. I understand that. They interviewed uh, several of the artists that were involved with this project and wondering if you could share what that revealed to yourself about, like what you learned about yourself from the, those interviews and how that affected the art pieces you made for the exhibit.
0: Um, first, the interview, I had an interview with our NYC bridge team members, Alicia Long and also Stephanie Wu. And that interview with them, it was very deep and inspirational. The reason was I, I usually, they, they are both, guys. they have a background in, um, psychiatrist and, and also, and so before the interviews, I was really grateful. They went through almost all my works and they, they sent me like questions that was like really in depth and insightful. It was like really deep. And then it, it already got me think. And then so during the interview session, we actually touch upon some like something really personal, like uh, psychological, about my upbringing and also like my decision as in to be an artist. And then like pr- it's similar to what we talked about, but the uh, something is uh, something even like more personal and philosophical. And then something we talked about made me. I wasn't really thinking I was. Go- I was. I would tell him. I think I just came out by surprise I was telling them about when I was a kid I was actually I was troubled like even like I I, like my family is so loving but then there's something about like I I I didn't I was really sensitive and also Mm -hmm. I knew I was different and I was trying to be
2: normal
0: Mm. Um. so that was like I I wouldn't say I was a like, super struggle, but it was it, it was hard for me because like I was really sensitive to noise and and then I didn't like the crowds because mm. it got me really I I got mm. really stressful and mm. then um I just like I I didn't I didn't like public transit because people are too close to me and then okay. then I got uh, I okay. got like really
1: okay, stressed out. Yeah.
0: So then w- when we talked about it and it's also made me reflect on like why my very early work it was a lot about. Societal conformity mm. um I, it wasn't so much from a family point of view because I right. didn't, all, all the energy from my family is like positive mm-hmm. supportive
1: mm-hmm.
0: um but then the in overall, me being a person in society, even starting from a young age that i like I need to follow and not to be weird and and all mm-hmm. these kind of things and um that just i I think it has a lot influence how my early work. Then almost like I did the early work. It was because I need to let, I need to fend out those energy and those like um, constraint that I felt like in a in a school in the educational system and then um, to conform to follow rules and not to stand out. Uh, it's not like I don't appreciate like being connected to people, which mm-hmm. I really I, I do. Mm-hmm. But somehow some part of me just. I don't know why, but then I, I cannot deal with it. So we talked about those in the section. And so it went quite deep. And, um, I still don't know, but I think I'm working with it and through it. Um, and a lot to do with like making art is helpful for me because like I learned about how I feel. And sometimes I learn something I don't even know after I make the work and I saw as, Oh, maybe I felt that way. But then I didn't know. It's only after I saw my work and said, like, Oh, that's dark. Or, Oh, that's, <laughs> like, that's, Oh, that's, like, that's, that's like, refreshing. You know, like, I, 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 sometimes I got surprised by my work. Sure. As well. So that's, I, like, so NYC Bridge, I really appreciate the interview. Also, the NYC Bridge team gave a, like a chat together workshop, like mm-hmm. hosted by, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Eunice Hyam. Yes. I was, I was impressed, and moved by mm-hmm. the section as well because mm-hmm. like, it was hosted at the Crispell College commun- community, like our gallery at the Queensborough Community. College, the Perennial Day,
2: mm-hmm. and lots
0: of like, uh, lots of like, Haitian like people from the Asian community came, and lots mm-hmm. of moms I
2: remember. Oh, wonderful!
0: And then, what's what impressed me and also what moved me the most is that when they are doing their, they call it, I think they call it a script or something, that the exercise,
2: yeah, like um, role and playing. Watch out.
0: Yeah, yeah, the role paying. And then they were doing that on the stage one, uh, yeah. And then I was observing, right, and people are just observing. And then usually in this kind of workshop and my imagination, oh, Asian community, nobody's going to interact. It's like nobody's going to post questions or, uh, or interact with the QA or follow-up. That was my expectation. But surprisingly, I was like, uh, all the moms just started to share the experience and it's so all my family. that like, maybe the kid is like thinking about that way. And maybe that this is, that was the moment I feel like, Oh, this is such a great tools. And they are doing such a great things to really that people to have a outlet. Because when you are saying like, this is your issue, they most likely they wouldn't admit it. They would say, Oh, mm. I don't have an issue. Like I don't mm. need to see somebody. Mm. But then because they are doing role playing. They have the chance to talk about other people's issue, right? So
2: Yeah kind give of like, an example and you can, yeah, yeah. To they, maybe they can you can s- see something in what their yeah, situation yeah. for yourself.
0: Exactly. So I, I feel like I was really moved then to see how that really that, how I put it. It's like I really see that like that creates a very safe environment for mm-hmm. them to share. So I I feel really honored that I to be part of it because they are doing such a beautiful and, and also helpful thing for the community. So yeah, I'm, I'm really honored.
2: It's really interesting. You know, sometimes different modalities or ways, tools or things that you can do to express, Mm -hmm. you know, we. I usually think you talk over, but yeah, there's so many other ways to express by making art or by uh, expressing through role play or like Mm -hmm. witnessing somebody else and what they're doing. And it's yeah, it's very very interesting. Can you talk about the artwork that you created that's part of the NYC Art Bridge exhibit? Yeah, so that two
0: boxes, the two light boxes I have in the show, they are actually quite personal. Because the boxes, it's like they represent my journey. It's really, it's like for me, it's like literally represent my journey. Uh, being an immigrant here in the United States. Um, so just for the again, my work has a lot to do with about explaining the, about the technical parts. Then, then we can move on to yeah, the conceptual yeah, part. Yeah. So in the box, it's a, it's a it's a cube basically. But then inside the box, again, there are lights. And there are layers of a uh, vellum with a cut-up shape. And the most inside, inside layer is a cut of my passport photo. It's the passport photo I first used when I came into the state. And then the, the outside shape of the, basically the window of the box is a profile. It's a headshot of a person, which is not, which was not me. But then the two boxes, they were, each was, each was a, each is a person who is very supportive and important in my journey of being here. So I use a computer algorithm. So, you know, computer algorithm, you can just decide, okay, I want to have this shape to move, move into the shape. So that in between the layers, they are just like this uh, shape, shape shifting from my passport photo to the outside shape of the person who really matters to me. So my thinking at the time was that, it's, for me, it's a matter of, like, how much I've changed. It's a journey, basically. Layers by changing eventually become who I am now. But I won't be who I am now without them being there for me. So, because of them, I am who I am today. So that's, I, I make this, like, boxes. But then, um the front of the window is covered by a two two way mirror. The two mirror is a it function as a if you have a light inside turning on, you get to see what's inside. But then if you no know lights it's just a mirror. You can only see your own reflection. I use this material a lot to talk about the idea of inside and outside and about hidden and revealed and hidden. Um and again I was I saying using light as a metaphor to talk about personality uniqueness. My thinking was like, I am the box. Yes, I am the box. So if I, if I decide to share and then to talk to myself, like what I'm doing now, means like my inner light is on. I'm sharing. So I'm telling you who I am. So you get to see what's inside. You get to see all the layers in the box because the light is on. But then when the light is off, um, you see the image of Asian person, um, so that becomes the viewer's interpretation of how I'm supposed to be. So me basically become a mirror of about the viewer's ideology of others. I think having these two works to be in the art bridge is really talking about a lot about this psychological thinking about how people see me and then how like how I see myself and um how like the change, the journey basically how my identity is defined by me or by others and this is all my questions I don't have answer for it but then they just I try to ask and think about it
2: what does being an artist mean to you Uh,
0: I really I was really thinking about these questions and my answer to this is I being an artist is it means that I'm finding ways to Communicates with myself and others, and eventually the, the goal is to approach to be the person that I want to be. Of course, that version that version of person is constantly evolving. Yes, but in general, I want to be wise, resilient, confident, and hopefully also fun, and also not taking myself too serious. So, being an artist is like artist um, is a way of being that, yeah, that's what it means to me.
2: And what is it that motivates or inspires you to create your art? Is there, do you think there's any themes or things that inspire
0: you? Like I mentioned before, I actually came from a scientific background. So my training was really rational. So before being an artist, like when I was much younger, I was super rational. And then I wasn't really being touched with my feelings. Like, to be really honest, I was, um, uh, when I was, I uh, first making like artwork and wh- when I was like my very first couple installation that I made, I was confused and also surprised. And, um, it was I uh, so new because I started to feel like feel my emotions and feelings. And I didn't know what, what they are much. I, I feel something, but then. I didn't know how to articulate them. I I always never know how to articulate them, them even nowadays. So, what motivates me to create art is I it's really like I have thoughts and feeling that they are triggered by things around me. But most of the time, it's really hard to describe them in words. Like it's like even before or now, it's like a lot of time that I have this like thoughts and ideas and they are they are really fluid once I put them in words they also move move into something else or something more mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's like words are never enough or never accurate then making always it's almost like putting a, a name to a face or meeting somebody like in person the first time after you meet them virtually or you have been correspondent with them in emails for a while like it's not it's not only like they become real, but also like they become a lot they become a lot more to learn from and to explore and also I wonder like what's next. So yeah, that's that motivates me. It's just like I want to I want to express.
2: What kind of mediums do you use to create your art? Like do you have any favorite types of mediums or material to use? Um I don't
0: really work with a particular medium or materials. So I would say like each time, depending on the project and the concept, um I use different materials and format. And if I really have to say I have a form or a medium, I would say I always have this idea about light in mind when I'm making work. Um I, I really like I think it's also come from science like in, in science is I like, you know like light when you see white light it's actually the combination of all color light and then they they come together like in balance then you see white light so I like to use like white as a metaphor to represent um personality and to imply like we are different, but then we come together. Then you know, like we can uh, be cohesively, harmoniously together to illuminate something beautifully. And um, so that's like light is one thing. No matter it's artificial light or natural light, I almost always have it in mind when I'm making work. And um, uh, in terms of a format, um, I also use different like approach. But usually I like to make things, so it's uh, usually objects and sculpture installation.
2: When I first met you and I saw your work at the opening of the Governor's Island House, and I didn't realize that you had a science background, but it makes sense now hearing you talk. So I wonder if you could talk about some of those pieces. I remember there was one about climate change, and then you also have one that has to deal with the school shootings. Can you talk about the concept behind those? So, usually the concept of my work comes from
0: things I am interested in currently. Um, so for the climate change piece, I am always really aware of uh, this like environment and how do we live with nature in a more cohesive way. And climate change is uh, it's a fact. It's undeniable. But also it's a subject it's hard, really hard to talk about. It's not a small talk. You just like, talk with your friend. Let's start to talk about climate change. And then, oh, do you know how much temperature has increased in the past year or past 10 years or something? It's just too depressing to talk about it. You know, and also as an individual, what can we do about it? Oh, because yeah. i so helpless. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what can I do for it other than recycling compost and then mm-hmm. try not to turn on AC so much. And then, you know, those like, things I can do as an individual or talk mm-hmm. with my friend. So, but then... I want to also bring awareness to people. How how can I bring awareness to people, but not like putting this in phase that let's about is such a serious subject. So then um, I found the data. So because I'm interested in it, so I just are looking for data and I found the data on NASA, very surprisingly documents the climate, the global surface temperature since 1880 or 1890. So I just download and I organize. So I I just got all the data and then I organize them and then I compare them and eventually I made a chart and from the chart I made a graph. So I made this light box and then the front of light box there are layers of vellum. Um, each layers they all overall the shape looks like a, like a landscape, but they mm-hmm. are actually a chart of how much temperature, global surface temperature has increased in the past forty years. Compare to the time, um, compared to the average temperature between 1880 to uh, 1980. So that's like that piece. It looks like a uh, something, you know, so, so the, the look of it looks like a landscape, like attractive. Yeah,
2: it's like a line graph, and then so it looks mm-hmm. like maybe like a mountainous range because mm-hmm. of the peaks, and you don't mm-hmm. realize what it is until you explain the background. And then the, the, you had another piece that's related to the school shootings. Oh, right were like that that one is again so it's a
0: similar idea for me it's like it's also unbelievable it's like it's blew my mind like school shooting in the United States and then how can you how can a country let this happen to young people this is serious I want to talk about it but again the same approach I don't want to be in your face I want to make something attractive and when you want to look at it I hope the viewer wants to look at it and then maybe I can introduce and then we can bring some more awareness to this um so I, again, I get the data from this, like, uh, K-Top school shooting database. Um, the person, uh, I hope I say his name correctly, Kelvin. He's, I generously give, provide me all the data. And then, so I again organized the data. And then, and again, I made a chart. But this time I, instead of like a mountain range, like a, a just a, the line chart, basically I represent each instance as a circle. Um, so a smaller circle, just less incident and a large circle, more incidents. Um, the way it's constructed, is like the, if it's X, Y, like X. Mm-hmm. So the X is the 50, 50 states alphabetically mm-hmm. and the Y is the 50 years starting oh, okay. from 1970 okay. to 2022. Um, so it has, like, many different, like, uh, circles in different mm-hmm. places. And those circles, so again, they are, they are made with, a like, violence. So they are translucent. Um, the place of the circle is, so I just correspond to how many incidents had happened in that state and in that year. And they mm-hmm. overlaid on each other. Mm-hmm. So there, at one point, there are over 50 layers of, like, violence in certain mm-hmm. location and have a light box behind it to illuminate it. So when the light is not on, you only see surface, kind of like calm, peaceful. And then, but then when you, the light is on, then you see the complexity and intensity of the layer of circle. And sometimes the color term red. So I think that's very obvious about va- yeah. violence. Um, yeah. And like circle, just like a bully hole or bully wound. Mm.
2: At the end of my interview with Lulu, they circled back to the significance of the light boxes made for NYC ArtBridge.
0: One thing is very yeah. important, like for me to say, is also extended on the the box, the light box work. I'm really grateful for all the people who have been supporting me along the way, my mentor or the curators or curators artists that I like, like I look up to, I, I work with. Um, there are many names I, I want to mention, but then, um, but there are so, but there are, there are a few people that I really want to call it out and I really appreciate. Not just only, not only just only appreciate their support, but basically they are my model of like moving forward as an artist and as a person, how I want to be. They might not be super like famous star artists mm-hmm. or whatever, but then they are nice person that I look up. So, Rob Lee Bell, who's my professor and the committee chair he, in my graduate study, she has been supporting all the way. We stay connected and I really appreciate her. And then, Tarone Himami, she's an artist I've been working for years and she was also a role model for me as well. She's so determined and doing whatever that she's doing continuously. And Natalie Ongles, um, she's a director of a residency I went to, but also I work with her as well right now. She's so driven. And then she's basically like my motivation as well. And, um, and also Lucia Xiaome She has been supporting me since I first met her in New, in New York. She's really supportive to Taiwanese artists and also artists in general. And she's determined to do things to really help. Um, and also there are many other people that I like, that I really want to thank. And, but then I don't want to take a lot of time, but, um, like my parents, my sister and brother, um, all this. And so I just think this is really important to mention. And also this is one of my, my belief about being human and also have a better world is, uh, whatever that we achieve today is not just only on us. It's all the people around and behind us to, to make whatever that I have and whatever everybody else have happened. So I'm super grateful and then, so it's my interview, but then it's also (laughs) I want to really honor them.
2: Yeah, of course, no person is an island, right?
0: You can't do things alone.
2: We need the community or friends or family. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much.
1: No, thank you. Thank
2: you so much for the opportunity. I've been speaking with Lucia Meiwa Lee, Dr. Yunus Yuan, and Lulu Meng about NYC Artbridge. There will be a closing ceremony for the Taiwanese American Art Council's house on Governor's Island this Saturday, October 28th at 2 p.m. As a special treat, Talking Taiwan's very own executive producer, Kaju, will be performing as the artist Rajet at the closing ceremony with special guest Rico Jones six-time Downbeat Magazine Award winner tenor saxophonist. If you're in the New York area, we hope to see you there at Building 7B, located in Governor Island's Nolan Park. Now it's time for you to show us some love. We just found out that you can rate us on Spotify. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Audible, leave us a review there. It helps others to discover Talking Taiwan. To learn more about any of the items mentioned in this episode, visit our website, TalkingTaiwan.com. There will list any related links. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin.
0: Talking Taiwan is brought to you by forumosa.com.